Hello, I'm Dick Foth, and I'd like to welcome you to Known, stories to make sense of it all. And these stories are what I call walking books, real-life people, different places, different ages, different cultures, and I want to have some conversations with them across disciplines and generations and cultures in order to encourage a kind of knowing, uh, fresh lenses through which to see the world. One of those lenses will be scripture, or more specifically, Jesus of Nazareth, whose life, I believe, changed the course of the history of the world. So, thanks for listening in. Great to have you with us. My guest today is Mike Messner, a friend of many years who travels the world and works with folks in a variety of missions and causes around the world. So, Mike, great to have you here with me this morning. Thanks. Great to be here. I want to ask you um, a question that has some multisyllable words in it. <laughs> why, is, why is social entrepreneurship uh, becoming so popular among younger folks around the world? First of all, define that for me, what I just sure. said. Well, uh, let's start with uh, just entrepreneurship. That's right. a, a okay. word and a concept that's been around for you know as long as any of us can remember. Right. Um, entrepreneurship is just simply the the idea of going out, um, starting businesses or starting enterprises, and um, you know running those to accomplish some purpose. Now, most of the time, it's all done around profit. But what's been becoming very popular with both uh, large corporations, publicly traded companies, as well as small startups, is having some blend between creating shareholder wealth and a higher purpose. And that's where the social part comes in. Okay. So, so entrepreneurship <clears throat> is that startup of a new business. Social, that part of it, it means we're helping someone or some group of people in a way that betters their life, but we're doing it through a business. So would it, would it be fair to, um, to um, synthesize it or make a synoptic statement about it that we want to both do well and do good at the same time? Well, that's exactly spot on. That's exactly what it's about. Okay. You're doing well, that's <clears throat> shareholder wealth development. Mm -hmm and you're doing good to others, that's the higher purpose part. So higher purpose, at least in our circles, is often thought about uh, faith-based stuff. Mm -hmm. But higher purpose in the business context is helping people in any number of ways. It could be creating jobs. It could be uh, helping the environment. It could be um, any way that you can bring value to and kind of raise the bar that betters people's lives in a given setting. So where do you, you know, you and I are both Jesus followers, right? Exactly. And I say that simply but not in an offhand way. How does, how does the way he thinks or the way you read him in scriptures um, shape that? Or, or fit what you are just talking about? Well, one of the, uh, the hallmarks of Jesus' teaching and the way he dealt with people, at least for me, the way I read the Gospels and about Jesus, is Jesus never shied away from dealing with hard issues in people's lives, but he always did it in a way that preserved the dignity of the individual. And okay. so uh, that, that nugget of teaching 
um, of how Jesus went about dealing with people you see in social entrepreneurship. So, for instance, I have a friend that runs a coffee shop in Greece. Uh-huh. Now, the economy of Greece is probably one of the toughest in the world, arguably, today. Mm-hmm. And so what you find in small businesses, small and medium enterprises, SEMs, is that you'll have people that... Say, say that again. S-E-M, I mean, SMEs, excuse SME. me. SME is a small, medium enterprise. Okay. So most of the economies of the world, in fact, I would say all the economies of the world, are driven not by the multinational corporations, but they're driven by the mom-and-pop small companies, small-medium enterprise. So the the small and medium enterprise in Greece, you'll have employees come and they work and they don't get paid because there's no money. You'll have vendors that will provide goods and services and won't get paid. You'll have taxes that are due that don't get paid. <clears throat> That's the norm in Greece. Wow. So when when a social entrepreneur comes in and forms a company and has a value proposition like a coffee shop, so you've got money coming in, right. you've got employees, you've got the exchange of goods and services, but they pay their employees, they operate their company in such a way that um, they're conservative and they pay their vendors and they pay their taxes and they do it following the teachings of Jesus. Every time they pay that employee and don't cheat them out of uh, work, I mean, out of their pay for their work, right. uh, they're treating them with dignity. Hmm. And they're, they're giving them a, a decent wage for a, a good day's work. And it helps the individual. It helps the economy. It creates jobs. It does all those kinds of things. So thus, it's a social enterprise that <clears throat> they're doing well and they're doing good at the same time. How did how did you get involved in this? I mean, where did that start for you? Well, <clears throat> I've been uh, fascinated with business my entire life. So I, I like the idea of creating an idea, having a dream, and then pursuing it and uh, creating an organization that uh, brings that about. So later in life, I've had you know several decades of working with uh, nonprofit organizations and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, <clears throat> I just felt like the world is changing and I need to stay up with it. So in my mid-50s, I went back to school, uh, went to Washington University and got an MBA. In, in St. Louis. In St. Louis. And the reason I did that wasn't so that I could further my career. I was too old, too far along, but I wanted the long in the tooth, as we say. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Too many gray hairs (laughs) or too many hairs have turned loose, one or the other. So um, I did that not not for career advancement. I did it so, number one, I could understand the language of business. And number two, I would have the tools to be able to help others, because that's been a life mission of mine, sure. is to come alongside visionary leaders and help them to operationalize their vision. Well, if I don't understand the language of the marketplace mm-hmm. as, as much as I should or want to, and I don't have the tools, then I can only help them so much. Mm-hmm. So having gone back and, and gone through that process and earning an MBA and going through the academic rigors, it just invigorated me uh, in the idea that the marketplace can be one of the most effective platforms 
to show people who Jesus is mm-hmm. and, and the teachings of Jesus. Because when you come into the marketplace and you're competing in the marketplace, you have access to everybody. You have access sure. to, to the customers, to fellow entrepreneurs, to the people that you're serving, the people you're competing with. And what better platform can you find to demonstrate how Jesus interacted with people? So let's wrap this up. Let me see if I can synthesize or capture what I hear you saying. Social <clears throat> entrepreneurship essentially is creating an enterprise that both, that both does well provides profit and does good, provides value yeah. at the same time. And most often, or it's easiest to see this in SMEs, which are small to medium enterprises, enterprises small, medium enterprises, mom and pop operations, right. uh, things that many of us have been involved in or might be involved in. As we see driving through any town in America, any town around the world, yeah. you see this. Entrepreneurship is something a lot of folks talk about and a lot of folks try and fail. So getting to the how is big. Let's see what Mike has to say about that. We talked about social entrepreneurship. Yes. Which in a phrase is uh, creating an enterprise that both does well on the one hand, i.e. makes a profit, and does good on the other hand, that is, adds value to somebody's life out there. Right. So we talked about the why of that, and, and we talked about the what of it, but let's talk a little bit about the how. You know, so where do we, how, how if I wanted to do this, if I wanted to create a small to medium enterprise, Mm-hmm. And I assume the smallest tilted toward the medium that I don't want to stay small. <laughs> yeah, I want to grow it. Uh, how do we go there and talk to me about what are the what does the bottom line of that look like? Sure. Well, <clears throat> let's start at that point talking about the bottom line because in social entrepreneurship, there are multiple bottom lines. Um, so, really? so you reference one. One is profit. That's the most obvious. Right. If you have a sustainable business. Um, you have to have profit. The old uh, the old adage goes: If you don't have profit, you don't have tomorrow. If you don't have cash, you don't have today. So okay. so you've got to be you got to be generating cash, and you have to ultimately be generating profit uh, from the business. So that that's the let's call that the economic bottom line. Then there's the um, social bottom line, that and that bottom line is the the value proposition, and that's just uh, you know a simple little phrase that says, um, I have this idea, that's the proposition, that is of value. That's what helps other people. So you create a, a value proposition by looking around. Most great ideas on products and services, great companies are built because somebody has a need or they have a job that needs to get done. Right. And uh, they, uh, they have an idea. Hey, I, this idea, this value proposition would help meet that need. So with the, with, with the original value proposition for, say, Tom's Shoes, which yeah. has become internationally famous, yeah. where I buy a pair of shoes here and Tom's 
gives a pair to someone in a developing nation that needs shoes. Yeah. Would that be your value proposition? Yeah, I can think immediately of three different types of value propositions there. Number one, you have the value proposition that you offer to the customer that buys the shoes. Okay. They need they need a new pair of shoes that are stylish for today. Right. Number two value proposition is um, the uh, person that is going to receive the free pair they they have a need, and that is they need shoes. And most often, I've, I've been in India. Sure. Uh, I've worked with a client of mine that distributed a million pairs of those Tom shoes. Oh, wow. And most of those uh, go to children. Right. And so uh, these children are out there many times literally barefoot or in old shoes or shoes that don't fit. So the value proposition for them is they get a new pair of shoes that fits uh, while the child's growing up. Value proposition number three is back to the person that buys the shoes. They have a need, and this would be kind of the social part of it. They have a need to help other people, and they don't necessarily know how to do it. Uh-huh. So Tom's provides a vehicle for them to uh, to not only buy a pair of shoes, but to help somebody that's in need by doing it. So it's a great example of having layers uh, in this case, of value proposition. So, so I don't, I don't know somebody in Coimbatore, South India, uh-huh. and I only know that name because I grew up there as a kid in that part of the world. But the, but, but Tom's shoes then becomes sort of a, a social broker, from for my need mm-hmm. to help somebody that I don't know. Yeah, and I can always help people I do know, but. For those I don't know, but they have a need, that's a way for me to engage in the larger planet, if you will. Exactly. So bringing it back to home, if your listener is uh, listening to this, let's say in the United States, right. and they're in a place where um, they look around them, and they may see, um, here are some young people that are, you know, let's say that you know they they have a lot of time on their hands they don't have a lot to do they're out on the street maybe they're into mischief one kind right. or another and that person wants to help them so they could go directly and you know talk to them and try to convince them you know this that or another and right. and change them that way right. or maybe they start a business and that business is built around the idea of I'm going to deliver, let's say that <clears throat> they start a, you know, a pizza business. Right. I'm going to make the best pizza in town, and, and, and we're going to build our business on um, delivery. We deliver uh, the quickest and the best of anybody in town, but I'm going to hire young people right. that are unemployed on the street. And so now you're connecting a profit business to a need that you see right around the corner from you. Right. You know, that's that's kind of a weak example, but well, but the the elements are there. Example, sure. The elements are there. Right. So if you you start looking around at at what could be done. So let's say you go to the to the wide open spaces of Wyoming and you say, you know, I'm going to I'm going to start a business of um, taking care of horses for uh, people that travel a lot. And I'm going to hire young people uh, to be my employees. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's the same concept, but in a completely different environment, different value proposition. So value propositions are as... uh, as creative as the person that is creating them. There is no limit 
to how innovative you can get in creating a value proposition and then building an enterprise around it. So this this shows my ignorance. Which and I have plenty to show, because so, <laughs> most of the things there are to know in the world I don't know. Yeah. So I'm loving this conversation. Is a value proposition the same as multiple bottom lines? Well, is that the equivalent? Well, the multiple bottom lines. I when I talk about that, I'm talking about the business overall. Okay. But so it, you have profit. That's you, one. Yeah, you have profit. You have social. You have uh, environmental. Let's say, um, what does that mean? Well, environmental in many places around the world, and this is probably very uh, observable in third world countries. Right. Let's say uh, they take the garbage from their coffee shop and they throw it out the back window. Right. You know, yeah. it, it hurts the environment. Sure. Well, if everybody does it, and, there, and you and I both know, there's sure. places that everybody, everybody does that. Does. Sure there is. Yeah. Now you're a business, and when you have garbage, you bag it up, or you go, you burn it, or you take care of it, or you bury it. And so it now becomes um, a, a value to the environment. Right. You're helping, or let's say you, you process your wastewater, and rather than dumping sewage out in the street, you put in a, a water processing element of your business and you help the environment. And there are people that are very motivated to do that kind of stuff. Mm. So, uh, again, these are these are very simple examples, but it, you have bottom, multiple bottom lines there. So that is about the company itself. Every company um, that has a product or a service has to have a value proposition that attracts customers to come. So a cake company, their value proposition might be good cake and a great environment. Starbucks, the value proposition of Starbucks is beyond coffee. It's When you go in there, it's a social environment. Sure. You go and you sit and you, you, know, you interact with people. So... Um, those are those are related, but those are those are two different ideas. The multi, back to the multiple bottom line. Mm-hmm. If you look around and you say, "How can I help people?" and "How can I make a profit?" then think about what you can do to uh, create profit, create a business that has something of value you're offering to a customer sure. and you get them to pay you money for it. Sure. Is there, is there a difference, and, and maybe there is none, is there a difference in which part of that question or which of those questions I ask first? That is, if I say it, how do I make a profit and how do I help people, is that different in terms of either motivation or intensity, generally, is that different than saying, how do I help people and at the same time make a profit? Okay. And given the idea that we're talking about social entrepreneurship, right. the answer to your question is, let me answer it with a question. Sure. Which is more important to an airplane, the left wing or the right wing? Sure. Okay. They're both are. Yeah. So if, if the idea here is social entrepreneurship, not just entrepreneurship, right. then you've got two wings of an airplane sure. that need to be present. So you can address either one of them you first. Start either place. But you have to have them both. Have to have them both. Because if you've got a great idea to help people, and let's say you're going to just give away water to people that doesn't have water, yeah. well, if you don't have a 
a economic engine to your business sure. that creates money, sure. you can only give away a certain amount of water and you're done. You're finished. Sure. Thus, if you don't have profit, you don't have tomorrow. Okay. So, um, for our listeners, why do if if you could think of one or two uh, pictures or snapshots of businesses? We've talked about Tom's shoes before, but it, just in in places you're working around the world today, without naming names, but talking about models of what you're talking of what you're describing here, mm-hmm. what one or two models? Uh, come to mind your and you you talked about a coffee shop in Greece mm-hmm. uh, do you have one or two others that sure that, uh, let me give you two of them one is CrossFit I've got several friends that live in the Arab world and throughout Eurasia right. that have CrossFit gyms right. and the if you know anything about CrossFit gyms the people that go and work out on a regular basis create community Right. And that community grows and they they intertwine their lives and they take care of each other and it becomes a community where they're they're helping each other. Well, the owners of that business, um, they are creating profit, but they're also helping people because they come in contact with people that they wouldn't have access to otherwise. Sure. So um, that could be done, that kind of athletic, Sure. Um, enterprise can be done on a very small scale. Uh, CrossFit is a branded right. gym because, right. and I use it because everybody knows what that is. But it's also a style of training. It's a style of training. It can literally be done one on one or in small groups or whatever. Um, another, uh, I have, <clears throat> I have a couple of friends, a married couple, Mike and Cindy, right. that have lived in Uzbekistan for twenty years, mm-hmm. and they run a small farm. And the farm creates um, honey, and they have some cows, and they they do the milk products and all of that. But in Uzbekistan, um, a person who is uh, special needs and who is an orphan has no standing with the government. Huh. So they have been there for 20 years to to take in these special needs people and train them with a skill and prepare them for life because the average special needs orphan that goes out of an orphanage, the government will put them into an orphanage. When they go out at the age of 18, on average, they die by 21 because they have no coping skills. Right. So what they do, Mike and Cindy, they use their small farm um, and the skills of not only um, uh, animal husbandry and the honey and all of that, they, they will create certain small items. And, but they teach these people skills. And their track record over the 20 years is these people come out at age 18, they go into society, and they have enough coping skills for life that they can survive. And so you talk about a social enterprise that has a higher purpose and shareholder wealth development. The money that comes in, honey sells for a lot of money in that part of the world. So they use that money to help fund the work that they do. Right. So those are two examples. Wow. Michael, thank you for taking the time to be with me. As as I'm listening to you, I'm uh, I'm hearing... uh, a phrase come back that's a that's ancient wisdom. It's an old biblical phrase from way back in the book of Genesis. Um, that is, um, it is not good that man should be alone. 
And what happens when you do social entrepreneurial activities, it allows the recipient, whether it's the worker or the recipient of the gift of whatever it is, to understand that someone cares, to, in some cases, be involved in community, i.e. the CrossFit or the, the beekeeper's farm, uh, which, is a, which is a fascinating thing. It's, it's all of us know what a loan feels like. And to be able to, to uh, solve that uh, challenge so that we can be together uh, using the skills that are found in a social entrepreneurial environment um, is a powerful thing. Thank you for sharing your wisdom. Appreciate it. Glad to be with you.